Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse for free trial membership. This is Writing Excuses Season 4, Episode 1. 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. And I'm Howard. Well, since last time we did a humor episode, it was remarkably unfunny. We decided that we would do (laughs) yet another one because we're gluttons for punishment. I don't know. Um, This time, I'm on cold medicine. Yes, Howard's on cold medicine. For added humor. Dan has hopped up on on candy sent to me by my my agent, and she's sent by my publisher. Thank you, Joshua and Tom. (laughs) Um... I wanted to approach uh, doing another humor podcast, not because of the one's bad. I actually like the, the previous one, but I think this is a a topic which we can speak on at great length, and um, there's just a lot more to explore. And so, what I did for this podcast is I actually said, "What does Howard do that's funny?" Um, oh, you dear. know, <laughs> um, in, in terms of his web in terms comic. of his web comic, um, I looked thought about Schlock Mercenary and thought, what is, what are the different types of humor Howard's using? And what we're going to do is I'm going to throw these types of humor out as I define them, and then the podcasters are going to talk about why those that type of humor works and how our listeners can use that type of humor in their fiction. Okay. Um, now, caveat number one: humor is very subjective. Um, so just keep that in mind. What you find funny, others will not find funny, and you just have to work around that when you're writing humor. Um, that's why humor, really good humor pieces tend to shoot for a lot of different types of humor, so you at least find some things funny. Um, and then these are just my random definitions. This is by no means an end-all of all different types of humor that are possible. There are just too many different types, and so these are just some types of humor that you might be able to use. So, I am going to start off with the one that I believe Howard uses the most, which is character humor. Oh, good. I, I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, character humor, what is it? Uh, that's when the characters, you know, something about the way they are making decisions, the way they are approaching the, the dialogue is inherently funny uh, because of who they are. Because of who they are, exactly. Mm-hmm. This is humor that would not be funny or nearly as funny if you did not know the characters themselves. Since you know them, you laugh. So how does it, how does it work? How do you do this? Um, you do it, I do it in the same way that uh, I, think, I think you do anything that's character driven. You put the characters in situations that are uncomfortable where they, where they either have to change or, or fail or something. They have to be outside of their comfort zones. And and then you know, see what they do. Okay. It's the it's the well, yeah, uh, but vegetarian that's, you know, who's that's, starving mm-hmm. to death and settles for a ham sandwich. Okay. Okay. So that's always funny. You're you're using the character humor, different types of for just breaking down character humor. One of the reasons why I wanted to use this, by the way, is because it can be used in such diverse types of fiction. Generally, when I'm writing my serious books, not the Alcatraz books, but the um, the ones where where I'm I'm writing epic fantasy. 
I can use this type of humor when I can't use a lot of the other types of humor because mm -hmm. they would break with the scene, but I can still make a character who does something funny. Yep. Um, and so you're, that example you just brought up is actually when a character breaks personality, it becomes funny. So how do you make it just not seem inconsistent? The vegetarian eating a ham sandwich is inconsistent, and yet it's funny. I, yeah, I, and I picked one that was, you know, that was way out of character, but right. you know, when But a, that would be funny. Yeah. I mean, but, but I think the funny moment was, is not eating the sandwich. The funny moment is they're starving. You know they're starving. They find a food bank. They open it up, and all that is in there is a can of Spam, and you have that moment of them looking at it, and that's the laugh. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. the joke, that's and you actually cut right there. And see, I, that kind of humor comes, I think, from the inevitability of it, that mm -hmm. you have a connection to the character, so you know what that character will do in a given situation, and so you almost don't have to tell the joke because the reader is able to tell it themselves. Okay, and that principle you just described right there, where we let the reader tell the joke, uh, that is something that Gary Larson was brilliant at doing. Um, I've heard it called cognitive humor. And that's what I call it myself. And that's where you have been given three out of the four pieces to the puzzle. The fourth piece is the punchline. And you are required to put that last piece in yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of what I try to do is cognitive humor. Fundamentally, it is cognitive humor. Mm -hmm. uh, it may be character humor. It may be slapstick. It may be any number of things. Uh, but it is still cognitive in nature because I think that the joke the reader tells themselves is almost always going to be funnier than the joke I spoon feed them. Okay, probably um, but, true. You know, speaking on the same topic, taking a, diff a different, a little different tack. Sometimes characters are funny because they're consistent. The opposite reason that we were oh, talking absolutely. about a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. um, if you look at Mistborn, I will often make a character funny because they have a little quirk that they always use. And then you can begin to anticipate it. And then when they do it, they let you laugh. Mm -hmm. So why? Why do we laugh at that? Um, a lot of it is because of that consistency, you're able to build an emotional connection with that character. That's the kind of thing that almost has to work in a long-form story because you have to have time to build up a relationship with the character. Whether you love them, whether you hate them, whatever it is, you get to know them well so that that consistency can pay off. Okay. In the most recent storyline featuring Schlock, I had uh, Schlock uh, airborne at some point and uh, falling and asking himself, you know, boy, I, I wonder if this, uh, if this new plasma cannon can... Uh, you know, take the take the hit when I land, and then there's a pause, because we as readers have seen Schlock use his plasma cannons for flight, um, and 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 then he does the obvious, and he you know zips away on his plasma cannon, and it's funny because it's inevitable. We see it coming. We know he loves to do it. You know, he shouts right. yeehaw when he does it. Right. And mm -hmm. we just enjoy those moments. Now that kind of humor. Uh, some people refer to that as, uh, you know, a running gag, right. or, or if they're if if they're poo pooing a little bit, they say, oh, you're just going back to the well. Mm -hmm. You know, you're just uh, it's, you've told us this joke before. It's true, but character humor like that is important not only because it's it, I mean it depends on the character you've established, but it also reinforces that character. Right. And as you're telling the story, you need to be reinforcing your character's behaviors. Okay. And so yeah, I, I'll I think go that's back true. to the well. That's I think that's that's 
wonderful because you're characterizing while you're the, the best fiction is doing multiple things at the same time absolutely a lot of different things and that's that's what we look for in fiction density is when you can have a, a short scene where a character uses dialogue and you laugh you know the character better and it moves the plot at the same time um, what are different, what are problems, foibles that people could fall into when using character-based humor? What do you want to stay away from? I think you just mentioned one a few minutes ago, which is you could go back to the well too often, mm -hmm. and you could make it not funny by using it too frequently. The characters can end up, characters can end up static. Right. Mm -hmm. um, they can or, become parodies of yeah, themselves. Yeah, they, they, they become, become parodies stereotypes that are just kind of right. one-trick pony. And also, if you, the vegetarian who eats a ham sandwich you know, who discovers the can of spam. Right. Um, if you are always putting that character in the situation where they have to violate their principles, right. it stops being funny right. because right. those aren't real principles anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, um, I mean, I think if you also, if you're not writing necessarily a humor book, but you're trying to use humor in your more serious fiction, um, you can undermine a character and undermine your story. You can turn someone who you want to be a dynamic, interesting character into comic relief. And yeah. This is a real mm -hmm. danger when you're making someone very funny, and it's, um, it's a very hard balance to walk. One of my complaints, it's a small complaint, I think Peter Jackson did a wonderful job. One of my small complaints with the um, Lord of the Rings movies is that Gimli became this. Yeah. Instead mm -hmm. of being nobody the, tosses a dwarf. Instead yeah. of being the dynamic, great character I wanted him to be, he was the butt of jokes. Mm -hmm. And you never really got to see Gimli be Gimli. You got to see Gimli be funny because he wasn't quite as cool as Legolas. Yeah. Is really what it turned into. And, and this was a sadness to me, even as I was laughing at it. He has some of the yeah. best lines in the in the movies. And yet he, as a serious character, you can't you he can't take him serious the same way anymore. The, the opposite <laughs> example, I think, is the character of Spider-Man. Right. Who was always funny. He was always cracking jokes. But that actually strengthened his character. Because in a lot of ways, his humor was almost a defense mechanism right. against the, right. all yeah. the crap he had to deal with. And so it built him rather than... It was the angsty uh, teenager sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, let's do another one. Second one, um, this is very common outside fiction. It's more common in, um, in visual mediums. It, you use it a lot. It's physical humor. Physical humor. Yep. What makes physical humor work? Well, what is it first? Howard, what is physical humor? What do I mean by that? Um, the, the classic example of physical humor is the pie in the face gag. Okay. Uh, the the pratfall. Um, the, the Three Stooges, you know, poking each other in the eyes. Okay. Uh, that's, that's physical humor. Uh, part of what is funny about it is that um, if you watch it and are serious, you know, are, are unwilling to laugh at what you're seeing, right. you have to be horrified. Because right. okay. that's really dangerous. He, he just stuck his finger in that man's eye. That's really dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that this is a case where humor is functioning as a defense mechanism. Okay. Because the alternative to laughing at physical humor is just being horrified by it. Okay. Well, this is kind of a weird thing about human psychology. And I yeah. think we can expand physical humor into a larger topic that I would actually put on the list, which is people in disastrous situations, people put through discom mm -hmm. discomfort. Um, when we were talking about this podcast before, Dan said, oh, yes, that's the office. <laughs> um, people put in uncomfortable situations, whether it be physical, emotional, mental, whatever, uncomfortable situations. People mm -hmm. put through pain, we laugh at. And that's 
interesting if we break it apart because in a lot of ways, and we've talked about this, fiction is about people put through pain, people mm -hmm. put in difficult, hard situations, and what we want, us watching them cope with it. So what makes the line between you laugh at it and you just see drama in it? Why, what makes it funny? You know, for me, uh, Roadrunner and Coyote, uh -huh. the, the level of physical violence in there, yeah. I find hilarious. Mm -hmm. The Office, I don't find as yeah. funny because <clears throat> having been in a workplace that was kind of like that a lot of the time, um, <laughs> I, look at, I look at some of that and just feel depressed. Okay, so you're saying the removal from realism is what lets us laugh at it? What lets me laugh at it? I know people who swear by the office and just think it's the funniest thing in the world. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, well, Dilbert is another kind of example. These poor people, if you really think about it, these poor people, but it's taken to absurd yeah. levels, and well, so therefore it's funny. Yeah, I think that exaggeration is a lot of what makes it funny. Yeah, um, you know, and I think we'll come back to exaggeration a lot. I, don't, I, I actually had that on, our, on my list, but I don't think that's actually the funny part. I think the funny part is exaggeration being applied to all of these. I think a lot of these are exaggerations. So yeah. talk about discomfort and exaggeration. You know, I don't know why discomfort is funny. Um, and, and I think of all these types of humor, discomfort is arguably the most subjective one. Right. Um, I can't watch the movie What About Bob? Famous movie that a lot of people love. I hate it. It's too painful. I'd never mm -hmm. laugh at a single moment in it. I just think I'm empathizing with, with the character, yeah. and I'm thinking this poor person. He's being tormented. Well, and another one like that is uh, Meet the Parents, yeah. which is basically just mm -hmm. one thing after another. Everything is horrible. Some people find that hilarious and some people don't. So why I, do they I'm find that? I'm not it sure why. Should we skip this one? <laughs> I mean, you do it in your comic, though, Howard. You will put people in uncomfortable situations and they will, you know, terrible things will happen to them. Um, you will have them. I mean, there was one moment where a character we loved is plummeting to his death and he looks down, and there's just a moment where he's like, wow, well, this is a terrible situation. And you laugh the way he, he makes a quip yeah, about you, it. You Why? milked that guy's I, death I'll for be two or three jokes. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I don't know how I did that. Sometimes I looked at it and looked at it and looked at it, and I thought, I, I, this is a dramatic moment, and I don't want to undermine it, but I have to find the funny here. And... Uh, you know, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna posit the theory that it might be the reaction to the to the situation. Um, you know, you you can see a guy get punched and kicked in a fight scene, and it's very dramatic. It's an action scene until he gets kicked in the crotch, and his eyes go wide, and he grabs himself in pain and falls over. All of a sudden, it's funny because of the reaction to it. You know, the okay. guy plummeting to his death wasn't funny until he said something about it. Then yeah. it became funny. Okay, so maybe it's a mix of two other things on my list, one of which is kind of the self-referential. Once you get self-referential, for some reason we find that funny because it's, um, and it might be even more the concept of the non sequitur, which I think we will talk about next after we pause for a um, short advertisement. Hey, writers. Are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. 
Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This week, um, I have picked um, a novel I read very recently and loved. Uh, the novel is Stormfront by Jim Butcher. Uh, I would highly Ooh. recommend this to anyone to give it a listen on Audible. Uh, it is a wonderful mix. I, I love the detective genre. I love the down-and-out detective who is just trying to help people but gets beaten to the ground because of it and it is a funny book it's not a humor you know it's not a humor book but it is humorous it has a nice blend of a witty character and terrible things happening to him and a nice mystery um i highly recommend it for anyone who has any inklings of likening sort of the mystery detective film noir plus it's you know, the hero's a wizard solving mysteries. So um, if you will go to audiblepodcast.com slash excuse, you can get a 15-day free trial and download a free audiobook, and you can listen to Stormfront by Jim Butcher. All right, let's talk about non sequiturs, which uh, you use quite a bit, Howard. Monkeys. Yes. <laughs> What's a non sequitur? Uh, non sequitur is uh, something that, uh, you know, quite literally does not follow in the expected sequence. Okay. Um, in, in, in that last sentence or, yeah. you know, that last mm-hmm. bit of dialogue, monkeys didn't Did follow. follow. Um, the uh, non sequitur, non, I, I find non sequitur funnier um, when the reader can actually draw a connection between the non sequitur mm-hmm. and okay. what's really happening. I think it's a form of cognitive humor because when yeah. your brain tries to make that connection mm-hmm. and can't, the defense mechanism triggers and or the defense mechanism gets interrupted and we just has to have to laugh. Yeah. Right? The, now, the y- world stopped making sense. You, you want to see that, uh, that principle in action, go ask a five-year-old to tell a joke. Right. And they will tell you a joke that makes no sense at all. And the reason is they don't understand non sequitur humor, which yeah. is how most of adult jokes are. And so they think funny means this doesn't make sense. And it's because they lack that subtle connection that adults have when they tell jokes. Yeah, but at the same time, I find that non-sequitur humor works very, very well for the audience I'm writing Alcatraz for. In fact, it works way better than any of the ones we have just mentioned for young mm-hmm. kids. And that's because if yeah, you... That, that's if you, how they define humor. That's how they define humor. If you say, mm-hmm. if you give them... A, um, and here, you know, how do you do this? Well, um, there are many different ways to approach it. You have to be much more subtle if you're not writing a humorous sort of thing. But if you're writing just to be funny... You can say there are three things you need to remember 
when you do X. And the first two are, are perfectly rational, normal situations. And the third one can be, don't forget your underpants or something like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. And it's completely unexpected. And if you make yeah. it just a little bit that it would make sense, they'll laugh yeah. and the kids will love it. The adults will love it. It seems to be an all ages type of humor. Mm -hmm. where, and again, that, but what you just yeah. described, again, that comes back to, it's a non sequitur, mm -hmm. but there's that tiny thread of tenuous right. connection yeah. that you can draw. And if the reader is forced to make that connection before you explain it, right. as, you know, them trying to do it is what makes it funny. Right. And sometimes you don't even explain it, though. I mean, I have, um, I have often found, what I'll be signing a kid's book in the Alcatraz books, and I'll say, you know, there are, there are three things you need to, to do to write a great book. And I'll write, you know, a pencil, a book, and a penguin you set on fire. Um, and the kids <laughs> laugh and laugh and laugh. And why is that funny? It doesn't follow. It makes no sense. Mm -hmm. And yet you have to, in time, set it up right. Um, because otherwise you get the jokes that your kids are telling Dan yeah. where they're, they make no sense at all. So how do you do the setup? I'm concerned that we're going to have Brandon Sanderson fans. I know. This big animal <laughs> cruelty zoo, lawsuit coming down soon. At the zoo with kerosene. <laughs> I, I think personally what you need to do is you need to set it up so that they don't see it coming. So oh, you yeah. blindside Definitely. them. You blindside them, and that's why you want to see. That's why the list version works so well. It's, it's, it's a very obvious one. It's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's not something you want to do too much, but it, it's, um, you're giving them a list. Yeah. This thing makes sense. This thing makes sense. The third one's going to make the most sense. It makes no sense. My, my brother recently pointed me to uh, an interesting kind of scientific analysis of humor and what humor was and why it worked. And they basically broke it down into two principles. And the one was setup. Mm -hmm. And the second was cognitive dissonance, mm -hmm. which is you establish what the norm is and then you break it. And that's non sequitur is that taken to the extreme. Yeah. You set something up and then you break it. All right. Well, we are going to have to do another podcast sometime where we talk about more funny things that Howard does. <laughs> um, I don't think we'll do it next because I don't want to have next week be the exact same topic. But sometime mm -hmm. in the future, we will get back to why Howard is funny. And I'll make sure to have more cold medicine. All right. <laughs> this has been Writing Excuses. Um, do we have a writing prompt? Yes. All right. Howard? Uh, write something funny using non sequiturs and cold medicine. <laughs> all right. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.